What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the Dylan Sawyer Show. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, Danny, one of my very close friends, business partners, someone who I work and talk with on a daily basis. So yeah, welcome, Danny. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really excited as this is my first podcast. Yeah. Podcast to do it on. The Dylan Sawyer <laughs> podcast. For sure. Uh, is this your first time showing your face online or like? No, not online. No? First podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so walk me through your story, how you got started as an entrepreneur, first business ventures, all of that. Yeah, so uh, I started when I was about 14 years old and uh, pretty young like you. And it wasn't as major as it is now, obviously. You know, we all have to start and step, take steps, like smaller steps onto the bigger picture, the bigger goal. But uh, I've been selling shoes since I was 14. I guess you can say, quote unquote, hustling, like trying to find ways to make money. I've always been uh a determined kid no matter what it was whether it was through sports uh business anything you know just very competitive and determined and i think all of us in this space are like that and that's how we all relate to each other because of that uh those traits and characteristics that we all have um and then fast forward uh, a bunch of years later i moved into the amazon space with you you were actually one of the people who put me onto this space there were a few others too but you're the kind of one that we stuck with it together the longest which is pretty yeah. cool opened up the group i have a prep center now uh so that's been the main focus is the uh amazon space now not as much shoes but i've been trying to balance it back and forth uh amazon space is much bigger a lot more people we met a lot of cool people in both industries and I feel like we're all on that same path. You know, there's a group of us on that same path that are going from industry to industry. And we all conquer the industries we're in because, as you can see, most of the bigger Amazon guys are all ex-sneaker guys. So it's, it's pretty cool to see where we all uh, got to. Yeah, for sure. It really is cool to see so many people from the sneaker game moving to Amazon and just pivoting in different ways. Uh, let's let's talk about the prep center for a minute. So mm-hmm. you're running a prep center pretty much full time now. How's that going? It's good. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's hard business, but we're, we're, we expected that and we're ready for that. Uh, I think it goes hand in hand with shoes. You know, it's like a never ending cycle. Sorry. Just yeah, first podcast, guys. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> never ending cycle, uh, but it's a good thing, you know. So when I say never ending cycle, I mean, okay, you finish up all the orders, you got everybody shipments out, and then boom, the next morning you come in, and it's the same thing. It's the same work. But we were used to that with sneakers and everything like that. The warehouse staff, uh, obviously, they they explained to the new staff members how bad it was before, so they're very they're very trained now, and it, it's very easy. Uh, for them and they they know the drill and uh, yeah uh, it's a tough business like I said before a lot of people start prep centers don't finish them uh, we'll get more into that later obviously about how to trust a prep center how to look what to look for in a prep center but um, it's been going good yeah Go ahead, that's awesome um, so what do you do as a prep center owner to stand out from the rest of the competition Okay, so one big difference that I noticed today, actually, I was thinking about this all day, and uh, I was wondering why a lot of people had bad experiences and, and bad feedback with other prep centers. And I realized there was a trend in the prep centers that do well and the prep center that have good feedback and the prep centers that don't. The biggest difference is the owner. A lot of these prep centers open up and the owners are nowhere to be found. They think it's kind of like a, a business where you invest in and it runs itself. The prep business is a complete opposite of that. 
you can't really do that in this business model because especially with the online arbitrage model with wholesale, it's a little bit different. You know, you can invest in good managers and in, in, in big spaces and, and equipment and stuff like that. And you could get your way through it, but long in the long run and to please every customer, it's really hard, you know, so you have to be really hands-on. And I think that's the biggest difference. I'm very hands-on and whatever needs to be done. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure some people listening to this are going to hear about us. And if they haven't already, about the difference of experience they had with us and versus another prep center. And I really think that's what it comes down to is the person, personalized experience that you get. Uh, and that's probably the biggest difference between everybody else. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I've worked with a good amount of prep centers in the past. Now I'm shipping pretty much exclusively to you. None of these prep center owners from the past like had my WhatsApp or personal phone number to communicate back and forth about like little issues. It was very slow communication, usually only by email. They're not going to just call you if you have something wrong with your shipment, but that's something that you do and you step up mm -hmm. and get that done, make everyone's life much more efficient. And yeah. Yeah, that's a big difference. Like you mentioned, the email versus text. You know, we're in a generation where people don't want to wait. They want stuff solved instantly. And it helps. You know, the clients love that because instead of having to wait, by the time the prep center, for example, prep center, the emails back and forth with their clients, by the time they find the problem, address the problem, take a picture of the problem, find your email or send it to another staff member to email you, and then they get that email out. By the time you see that email and respond to that email, it just it's a 48 to 72 hour thing versus one text, an hour later you get a response and that shipment goes out the same day. So that's the biggest difference uh, that I've experienced and that a lot of people loved about us is it's a very personable experience. Whatever you need, I you'll be in direct communication with me, the owner. Uh, I'll put you in direct communication with because we have you know as we have two locations, so there's two managers. Uh, bunch of different staff members so you'll be in direct communication with me i'm in direct communication with them and everything is uh handled right away on the spot talk to me about how you manage your employees and oversee kind of the operation mm -hmm. so employees are the biggest thing especially in this business i've heard horror stories in this business of employees randomly quitting uh stealing uh just terrible terrible things yeah. you know that you don't ever want to experience as a business owner, not only a prep center owner, as a business owner in general, uh, it's one of those things that that's going to come with the business. And my biggest advice for anybody, whether it's opening a warehouse, prep center, anything like that, staff is important. You know, you have to trust your staff. If you think you're going to do it all on your own, it's not going to be possible. You have to trust your staff. And that comes with its pros and cons. You know, you, you have to really be on top of them. You have to be a leader in there and you have to set lead by example. If you think you're just going to hire a bunch of staff members, explain them the job one morning and then just never show up again, it's not going to work like that. You know, it, it just it will work in the beginning. Don't get me wrong. The first few months, maybe even the first year. But after that, as your business starts to take off, it's it's very, very hard to be able to just completely have it run itself. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the biggest problems you've run into overseeing your employees and just running the whole operation? Um, problems, obviously employee arguments are normal, uh, disagreements, I guess, not really arguments, uh, wrong delivery, uh, people would put the wrong address for delivery and stuff would get delivered to the wrong place. We'd have to go figure that out, try to retrieve the goods, uh, people sending stuff without giving us any warning, nothing on the sheets, anything like that. That's a big mess. Uh, 
nothing too major, you know, everything that we could fix everything. You know, there's not too much uh, that's something that's too crazy, you know, not yet. At least there's no crazy stories, but uh, just, it's, and I'm sure it'll happen, but in this business and, you know, it goes hand in hand with the Amazon business, nothing too major, anything that money could solve or goods or stuff like that will always be solved. So that's good. So right now you're currently using Google Sheets to manage what people have incoming. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about prep center softwares like prep ship hub? Uh, I'm trying to think of another one, but software is like that. So I would love to use a software and we can, you know, uh, we do use softwares, but we don't use softwares to input the, the products being sent to us mm-hmm. only because most of our clients, uh, are OA clients. And when it comes to OA, as you know, I'm sure a lot of, you know, it's a lot of different orders. So it's not like you're ordering, you're throwing in one purchase order, 10, 10 rows of the order. And that's it. You know, with OA, if you want to order two, three, 400 items, you're going to have a bunch of different order numbers and order confirmations and tracking numbers and just a bunch of different things. So we found that it's the fastest way. Our goal too, that I didn't speak about before is we want to make sure the client's life is just super easy. You know, anybody that's so sent to us or worked with us or anything like that. Some people are like, I feel like you guys are making it too hard on yourselves and too easy on us. We want to help you guys out a little bit just to make sure uh, like the, everything's being done and the work, the work is balanced, you know, and I understand them, but the point, the way I built it is to be as less work as possible for the client. As you know, you just throw it into the Google sheet and we handle everything from there. We add it to your inventory. We create the listing with your buy cost, with your personalized MSQ. If you add one on the sheet, we create the shipment, we ship everything out and it all gets uploaded into a dashboard. So that would be the answer to that about the softwares. We just haven't found a software yet that catches our eyes that we've done plenty of demos and we've seen all of them, but uh, I don't think they'll be good. They'll be a good fit for our clients. And I think it'll just be more work and more headaches for them. And, uh, yeah, that's the reason why for now. Yeah. So on the listing side of things, you guys are currently using 2D workflow. What are some right. of the pros of using that versus just doing a shipment normally through Seller Central? So it is faster, A. B, uh, also faster check-in. So the 2D barcodes I'm sure you're familiar with are yeah. uh, faster check-in once it gets to Amazon. And I guess just C is our employers are used to that software and our systems are built around that software. So that's what's good about it. And no complaints so far. So it's been good. Yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. super cool to be able to just pull up the dashboard, dashboard. see how much is being shipped mm-hmm. out and all of that too. It's a bunch of good information on there. Yeah. So that's another difference too. Uh, our clients like to see like the graphs of stuff being shipped out so they can compare their previous months and watch the graphs go up. It's a cool little motivating factor for them also. Yep. And then also you, you don't have to log into anyone's seller central, correct? You can do no. everything through 2D. No, so we don't recommend whether you're using us or any other prep center. We don't recommend anybody logging into your seller central, giving them a uh, user profile or authorized user. That's fine. We just still don't do it. You know, we like to completely get that. We don't like to take any chances. We take that to the side and we don't we don't do that. We don't touch that at all. For sure. What advice do you have for someone moving into a warehouse on their own? Like, let's say they're getting mm-hmm. ready for Q4, they have a couple thousand square feet and they're getting ready to send a bunch of stuff to themselves. What tips do you have for them to organize and manage their warehouse properly? So looking at it from both sides, when I had my own warehouse for my business and then I had a prep center, uh, I would still say this and I wish I knew this before. 
you really don't need a warehouse in this day and age because of the competitive prep fees. You know, if you're paying $5 a unit for prep or even like $3, I know some of you are paying like $3 a unit. I, I met somebody in AST told me that they had a prep center charge of over $3 a unit for OA products. Uh, if you're paying something like that, definitely look into a warehouse. But if you're paying anything less than $2 a unit, I do not recommend you getting a warehouse just yet, you know, unless you're doing substantial volume. Because some people think the warehouse is just about the the, uh, the physical spending on it, you know, the expenses per month. Yes, that sucks, but that's not what it's all about. It's more about your peace of mind and the headaches it comes with. So if you rent a small space, let's say for one person and it's two grand a month, okay, you might think I'm paying my private center five grand a month. Why not rent something for two grand a month? I'll prep it myself and then uh, I'll save $3,000 a month. It sounds good um, in your head, you know, but once you put it on paper, two grand a month plus insurance, you're going to need staff. You're not going to want to do it all by yourself. In the beginning, you might feel motivated and want to do it all by yourself, but in the freezing cold months of November or wherever you are, it might be hot there too, but you know what I mean? In that grind mode, you're not going to want to do it yourself. You're going to want to hire staff. Now you have another thousand or $2,000 because it'll be part time in the beginning and expenses. Then you have supplies. I'm sure you guys know this. Boxes are not cheap. Just an Excel box. I was looking at the other day, which is crazy. It's almost at $3 and 50 cents. Like that is ridiculous, you know? So cost of supplies, uh, labor, your physical labor. That's the big, that's the most expensive thing. I would say, I would say, Forget all the costs aside because even if you're breaking even, at least you know you could probably pump more out of your warehouse at your own facility. You work on your own time. That's all great. The money-wise, it's fine. But as far as being in that warehouse all day, focus on doing the same task that you could have outsourced in two seconds, you know, that you were outsourced before, makes really no sense. You know, I'm sure you you notice that no one's better to say this than you. You know, you got out of the warehouse. I'm sure your ordering went up more, your productivity. You wouldn't be able to do this podcast right now if you were in the warehouse, right? A hundred percent, man. I, I was going to get into that. Like the amount of stuff that I've been able to do, even outside of Amazon, just opening up so much free time is insane. Like mm -hmm. having to be, when you have a warehouse, you have to be there every single day, Monday through Saturday, all the business hours. You're going to have deliveries. You're going to have people knocking on the door. You just have to always be there, always be looking over employees, it's just, it's, it's literally running a second business. It's, it's pretty exactly. crazy. If you get into a warehouse going from prep centers, you're going to be starting an entirely new business. It's exactly. honestly not really worth it unless you're doing a lot of wholesale. Uh, or if you're in a sales tax free state, then you could consider that as well for arbitrage. But in my situation, being in Georgia, 7% tax on everything. It's just not worth it to be paying tax and doing the labor yourselves. Just doesn't add up. Doesn't make sense at all. Mm -hmm. And again, some people, it does make sense. You know, if you're doing an insane amount of volume and it's a lot of wholesale, you know, loading docks, pallets, storage, long-term storage fees, stuff like that, situational things, it might make sense for you. It might be worth it. But if you're just running a traditional OA wholesale mix, clean mix like that, there's no reason why you should have your own warehouse and add those expenses. But advice to people who want to do it. You could look at it the complete opposite way now. You could say, I want a warehouse, right? Because I want to triple or quadruple my sales, my units sent out, and it doesn't make sense for me to spend 20 grand a month with a prep center. I'd rather spend that with a warehouse and ship out 60,000 items a month. You know, it all depends on your systems and how you 
are looking at the picture, you know, the bigger, yeah. the bigger picture, the, the long run, you know, again, if you want to buy a warehouse to do FBM in December, I don't recommend that because what are you going to do for the rest of the 11 months? You know, yeah, exactly. that's not really a good idea. Try it out with something small, like a storage unit, you know, that's how it really is for all the successful sellers. They start small and then they keep growing out. You know, they might start in their closet and they go to their basement and they go to their garage and they go to a storage unit and they go to a warehouse and they go to a bigger warehouse. You never know, you know. It just, it really depends on the person, but I do recommend you not only thinking about the money first, money-wise going into the warehouse, think about the time and uh, mental capacity that that warehouse is going to take, you know, yeah. like, like Dylan said. So that's another big difference between us and other prep centers. I forgot to talk about this. We're open seven days a week. We have staff in there Monday through Sunday, all hours of the day. So that's a huge difference. I know I was looking at the prep center today. They're closed on Saturday and Sunday. And those days kill, you know, because those are days you can get shipments out when you're not really receiving too much. Even though we still receive seven days a week, it's not as much as it is during the week. So we use those days to get ahead on shipments for Monday. Yep. And Saturday, there's still a lot of stuff being delivered. Yeah, it is. It is really crazy. Uh, but again, to, to each their own. There's not much we can yeah. do. But... It's uh, it's another thing too. If you want your weekends when you're opening a warehouse, that was my point. That's how I thought of that. When you're opening a warehouse, you might want your weekends. Like Dylan said, there's people at the door all the time, knocking, deliveries, freight companies, all that. It's a whole. It's a second business. You couldn't have said it better. It's a second business in itself. That's just something some people want. You know, it's not a bad idea. It's not like oh no, I shouldn't open a warehouse. It is a stepping stone, and it, it is something that you can really scale. But you have to devote your whole day to it. It's not something yeah. where you're going to hire a few staff members, sit back home, order everything, and then they're going to ship it out. It's not a traditional business. There's not that money like advanced softwares, like tech companies that will cater to an Amazon business where everything is barcoded in the warehouse. It's, it's very different. You're going to have to build your own systems for that. And uh, it's good and it's bad. But you, if you're going to go in, you have to go in 100%. You can't go in 50%. That, that would be yeah. my advice. So how is it now that you have two locations running two separate warehouses, a little bit far apart, not too far, only a couple hours, but yeah. it's still a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it's not too far. Like you said, a couple hours it might seem far to some people, but I can go and come back on the same day. Like I can leave New Jersey's warehouse, get to Delaware, check on the staff there, come back to New Jersey and still make it while staff is there. Two big things that I did that I waited. Uh, if people were wondering why I didn't open both of them at the same time, I was waiting till New Jersey was able to run itself in a sense. You know, again, nothing is perfectly passive, mm -hmm. but we got a good system in there. We have good staff members. We have consistent staff members. And we built that consistency where I felt like we could branch off into another area and, and another warehouse. Another big thing, too, is working hours. So in New Jersey, we don't work traditional hours just eight to four every single day. There's people in there from eight to four, four to midnight. We're starting overnight shifts in Q4, but we're not like, they're not fully developed, but you can almost guarantee that there'll be somewhere, someone in there from seven to 8 a.m. all the way to midnight, you know? So there's always people there. So whenever I come by, you know, there'll always be somebody there that can update me on what the previous shift did, what they're doing, what they got out. If they have any questions, I come in, I deal with all the problems. So I waited, uh, and that's how I'm balancing it because New Jersey's giving me a lot less headaches now than it was before, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm able to focus more on the Delaware location, getting it set up. It's also not completely set up, the Delaware location. We're, we're accepting shipments now, but we have a uh, strict capacity 
that we're accepting there for now uh, until we get that system going because we want to ensure we don't want people to come in, have a bad experience while we're testing on them. We don't want to test on people. We want to make sure we're only accepting what we can handle right now. So that's why it's there. And those are, that's why the strict limits are there. And it's been going great. So there's really no problems with that. Yeah, that's awesome. So how many people do you have on your team to be able to manage all these warehouses and items so, coming in? Mm -hmm. So at a time, we don't like to have more than maybe like six to eight staff members. Only because when there's a lot of staff, they rely on each other a lot. And, you know, they feel like if they don't do something, someone else will do it. But trained staff ready to go. I have close to maybe 16, 17 staff members that if needed, I don't think I would ever call them all at once. But with the shift switching, uh, it, it could it could really uh, get to that, that point. And um, virtual assistants are big in this business, too. You know, I leverage virtual assistants to help us out online. Uh, but as far as physical staff members, it could get up to that number. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But again, they're not all working 24 hours, but whenever we need them, most of them uh, are on schedule and are consistent schedule Monday to Sunday. But there's also that that certain extra point that I trained for these coming weeks into, into December. So what are some other ways that you're preparing for Q4 as a prep center owner? So it's funny because uh, this is kind of our first Q4 as a yeah. public prep center. You know, as you know, I've been prepping for you, whether it was shoes, yeah. it's not for years. Long, as long far time. as prepping, that's that's what we do. We're not we're not new to prepping. We're we're very used to that, and that's another big advantage that we had too coming into here. But what we're doing now, uh, it's funny. Like I said, it's our first Q4, but we're not really preparing as much as uh, weird techniques. It's more just traditional, more staff, more shipments out more shipments in, and that's it. But what I am doing, what I plan on doing that's a little different is kind of preparing in January for the rest of the year by looking back at everyone's stats in Q4 and seeing who met the requirements that, that they were shipping to us and who didn't, just to, just to kind of keep the service clean and uh, up to par for everyone else, you know, because it's not fair if someone who's told us that they would send in X amount of units sends in half that and is is delaying the process for someone who said they're going to send in X amount of units and is actually sending that. So that's a problem we're dealing with now, but I think uh, I'll let it slide to the end of December just for now to see what's going on and then come again in January and deal with that stuff then. So what's your minimum amount of units required for someone new to join your prep center? Mm -hmm. So our minimum is 500 units currently. We're building out a plan for anybody less than 500 units. But the biggest thing, you know, if you have 400 units to send a month, that's no problem. We'll accept it. The reason why we're at 500 is because the people that say they're going to send 500 typically send 250, you know? Yeah. So anybody saying they're going to send 250, they might send 125. So we're, we're finding that median. We're building systems for that. Right now, we're not really accepting too many clients. So it's, we don't have to worry about that right now. Right now, we're keeping everybody happy, making sure everyone's good, that we already onboarded. And then uh, come January, it'll be different. So we'll see how it goes in December and then look back at it in January and see what we can fix and we can change in preparation for the next year. A little bit off topic. What are some locations that are the best for prep centers? Okay, so states. States. So people love tax-free states, you know, but there's there's a lot of tax. There's a bunch of tax-free states. There's Oregon. There's New Hampshire. There's Delaware. Montana. Uh, there's Montana. You know, Montana is really popular. And I want to get into Montana a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, nothing against Montana. Love you guys. Great people. But I get a lot of, lot of, lot of bad feedback from Montana prep center or from clients that were in Montana prep centers, Montana and Oregon. It's very, very weird that those two States, uh, get a lot of negative feedback. And I always try to figure it out. Why? I think the conclusion I came down to is maybe because so Oregon, I don't know why, but as far as, uh, and these aren't any specific prep centers. This is just in general, you know, those States, uh, I don't know if it's because there's so many prep centers in those states that maybe you only hear the bad stuff from them. So you might think like it's a lot. So it's possible that it's all totally fine. But my theory is that they're kind of so far off the grid from that tri-state area, like hustle and bustle, major fulfillment centers, major retailers, major distributors, all in this area that kind of gives the, the prep center owners that come from a background like me, for example, like I just explained how we were talking about, we were doing prep for years now, you know, and we already are, we already have a system down. We already know what to expect. So some of these prep centers are opening in like Montana and Oregon who are kind of just business owners. That's ne that never even dove into FBA or prep or anything in that field. So they don't know what to expect. So I think that's, what's happening is a lot of these places are just opening up with no background. Like I, I know someone I don't even know if I should say this, but maybe it'll call out the prep center. I'll just, I'll say a general thing. They're doing another business on the property of the prep center and they have kind of like a shed in Montana where they're accepting prep clients, but they also run a business on a farm on the same area. So it's just like, Wild. exactly. <laughs> I mean, so it's also, it depends on who you pick, you know, and, and what you're looking for. If I were to send, to somebody, I'd want to make sure that they're focused solely on the business that they're advertising and that I'm trusting them with, you know, unless you're getting like a super crazy deal. But again, as far as pricing, I think we're one of the most competitive prep centers out there right now with pricing. Uh, I definitely have a topic about pricing that I'd like to go over in a little bit that's, that yeah. people should watch out for, but we could talk about that after. I'm sure you have some more questions. So speaking on Montana specifically, another bad thing about them is that it's just so far from fulfillment centers. It's it's going to take an extra few days to get to the Amazon centers, and it's also going to take more time for your inventory that you're purchasing from Foot Locker, let's say, to deliver because they're going to be shipping from the New Jersey and New York area anyway most of the time. It's going to take longer there. It's also going to be more expensive to ship it because it's further away from those Amazon fulfillment centers. So even if you're paying... 15 20 cents extra per unit to be able to ship it to the tri-state area or like pa one of those states it's going to be saving you money in the long term and it's also going to get your inventory into those fulfillment centers way faster to get a quicker turnaround exactly especially especially wholesale yeah if you're doing wholesale there's no reason why you should be sending it anywhere else besides new jersey yeah i definitely besides our location that. in new jersey yeah <laughs> So, for example, a big difference that I've noticed, you know, from New Jersey and just Delaware itself, you know, I have a location in Delaware. We have a location in New Jersey. The biggest difference with freight companies. So, in New Jersey, I'm sure you guys, if you guys did LTL on Amazon, you're familiar with Estes or, or Central Transport, XPO Logistics, all those companies, right? Those companies are like, besides Amazon Freight, those are Amazon's right-hand companies. Those are the guys that they schedule all the pickups to and they send all their business to that they can't pick up with their freight, right? Those companies, I'm very good friends with all the drivers now because they've been picking us up for so long and all the time, every day they're at a warehouse. So we built good relationships and connections with them. So they're great. 
the point of this is they explain to me how the, the routes work. So when they see a pickup from, for example, Delaware, Pennsylvania, or somewhere further than their, their uh, I guess you could say, their radius, they don't have an ETA when they're going to get there. They just kind of keep pushing it until they have someone completely free to take that drive. They said the second our address pops up on their manifest, the, the dispatch is like sending someone in an instant because yeah. it's such an easy pickup for them. It's five minutes down the road. They pull right in. They grab the pallets and they leave. It's super simple, super quick, and they love doing it. They said they can't wait for our pickups to pop up because they get paid the same. You know, those guys get – most of the drivers get salary anyway, so they get paid the same. And it's just a, such a shorter drive, less gas, less everything. It just makes it so much quicker. They go. They grab our pallets, and there's no problems. So like you were saying, so let's say you ordered a pallet, right? I'll, I'll just give like a timeline difference. Let's say you ordered a pallet from a distributor or wholesaler in New York City, right? And you want it shipped to Montana. First of all, that New York City distributor, the chances of them scheduling you freight to Montana is zero, is almost zero, you know, maybe 1% chance that they're actually going to figure out a freight transporter to send it all the way to Montana from New York City. So what they're going to tell you to do is you have to you have to uh, schedule the freight, right? I'm sure you've dealt with this before. Yep. Right? You have to schedule the freight. Then you're going to go online. You're going to try to find freight companies. By the time all this happens, you create accounts. You get quotes. If you have a broker or something, you speak to the broker. By the time they go and get quotes and schedule pickups and all that, and you compare the quotes, two days go by easily, easily yep. two days. So let's say you order on Monday. You get everything on Wednesday, Okay. Then you have to schedule an appointment with the distributor or wholesaler like a certain time and day that they can come pick up the freight. So they might say Thursday morning, anytime from 9 to 12, okay, 9 a.m. to noon. All right, no problem. You go back to the freight and you explain to them, the transporter, you explain to them, you can go there from 9 to 12. They might say, we have no routes coming to Montana that day. We can't pick it up until Friday. Okay, that's fine. You schedule it for Friday, right? You pick it up on Friday. They don't deliver it until, let's say, Monday or Tuesday of the next week. Okay. Yeah. So now you wasted already a week and a day. Okay. From ordering it on Monday, placing the PO on Monday, all the way until next Monday or Tuesday. Then let's say that the prep center has super fast turnaround time. First of all, no one has pet faster than that. But <laughs> let's say they have super fast turnaround time. They will get that freight ready for you by, let's say, Wednesday or Thursday. Right. 24 to 48 hours. Let's say 24 hours. They get it ready on Wednesday, okay? By the time they schedule that pickup with Amazon, because everything has to be palletized and weighed and, and uh, the height and, and everything like that has to be ready so they can schedule that pickup. They schedule that pickup. Chances of Amazon getting somebody there that next day or even that, that afternoon is very, very slim. So now you have to wait until Thursday or Friday, okay, of the next week. You're just pushing it like this is like a two week process to get a pallet out versus if you're in New York City, you ordered a PO, you, you placed a PO in New York City, you explain to them that you have a warehouse in New Jersey. OK, they're going to say we do free delivery all around the tri-state area, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. Right. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Or, or the vicinity of the tri-state area. Sorry. That's perfect. They deliver it the next morning. So you place the PO on Monday. They deliver on Tuesday because we don't we don't have appointments. You guys are free to come whenever you want. For example, us. I'm just using us as an example because that's all I know. Yeah. 
You can deliver any time to us. They come deliver Tuesday morning. Same turnaround time as the other prep center, 24 hours. We'll get it ready for you Wednesday morning, okay? We, we schedule that pickup Wednesday morning. Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, that pallet is on a truck already, okay? So you're cutting down two weeks into three days. And we just did it step by step. And you've experienced that with the freight brokers and getting quotes and setting up accounts. That's it's all a major true. headache. And you're it's also you're also saving the money for the distributor and for you for them to just be able to drop it right off. We've had this with two different distributors now, thousands and thousands of units being delivered to you for free when normally we would have to be paying 100, 150, 200 to get a pallet delivered, which is a huge money saver. Exactly. Money, time. And not only that, the most important part of that is uh, you're building a good relationship with the distributor because if someone else in, in New York who's delivering to New Jersey places the same PO as you shipping it to Montana, they're not going to want to deal with the headache of waiting for your, your freight carrier to come and then waiting for it to deliver two weeks. You know, so much could go wrong. They just want to be in and out. They want to get their stuff as fast out as it came in, you know. So they don't really want to deal with that headache of that far travel time. They rather deal with the tri-state area and, and local uh, vicinities. Another big thing too is picking up your inventory. You know, a prep center in Montana can't really go and pick up that inventory for you because it's going to charge a fortune. You know, you can't even expect them to do that. It's just going to charge. It's going to cost a lot of money on both parties for no reason. Versus someone in New York or New Jersey or Pennsylvania or Delaware who can drive that twenty minutes to two hours and pick up inventory in that whole area. 100%. Let's get into pricing a little bit. So how do you structure your pricing and why is it better than how other prep centers do it? Okay, so this is a great topic. And if anyone knows me and anyone spoke to me about pricing for my prep center, you know how enthusiastic I am about this this point that I'm going to make here. So there's this new type of uh, thing, type, type of way that these prep centers charge, okay? So there are some prep centers that are still on subscription-based, and that's fine, you know. As long as what you pay is uh, – what, what you see is what you pay, that's totally fine. But what's happening now is these prep centers are kind of reeling in these clients blindly. That They're, they're kind of – it's a scam. To me, to be honest, it's a scam. And I, it's it, it ruins the business and it makes us look bad because everyone thinks that's what every prep center does. In reality, not every prep center does it and it really shouldn't be like that. So let's say you you reach out to a prep center and you want to be a client with them. And you, let's say – you're sending out X amount of OA units and X amount of wholesale units a month, okay? They'll build you a quote on that. Their quote is going to be very, very, very competitive, okay? It'll say like 80 cents a unit for OA. And you're thinking 80 cents a unit for OA, like that's amazing, you know? That's that's awesome. Let's do it. Meanwhile, they'll, they'll collect all your units, ship them all out for you, all good. At the end of the month, this is the, the experience. We, we spoke to someone at ASD, you remember? And this is what happened to them. And, and he didn't know what to do because they already shipped out all his units. Yeah. They charged him 80 cents a unit, like he, like he said. But they also charged him like a $2 box fee uh, on top of that, you know? Yeah. So he was almost a $3 a unit. Like that's, <laughs> that's disgusting. And then they'll charge like a 30 cent poly bag fee. And then they'll charge, uh, tape fee and a receiving fee and and a, and a uh it's just sticker fee and if it's a pallet like i was speaking to someone the other day their prep center charges them 
for new boxes. Like if something comes in case packs, they say they don't reuse the boxes. They purchase their own and they charge them Uline pricing. I said 99% of the chance and 99% of the time, they're re- they're reusing the same boxes and just charging you the difference. You know, That's it's so a, a pallet is going to cost you $200 extra because they're using a bunch of tiny Uline boxes when all the items came in a, in a case pack, you know, so you just use that same case pack to ship the stuff out. Amazon doesn't care. There's no reason why you should be buying new boxes versus the ones that the manufacturer sent them in or the distributor. So those, that's something that really, uh, needs to be fixed in this industry and people can't really let it slide because it puts the client in the, in the awkward position. Like if someone says 80 cents a unit plus boxes and fees, whatever, you might not think of anything of it. You know, it's not their fault. They can't expect them to charge triple what what the base price is you know usually it's a little more and that's fine but then chances are once they do like the division units uh and how much a total was they realize that they're they're really kind of getting scammed and, and it sucks because all their stuff already went out there's not much they can do about it you know and it's just it's very bad practices yeah i've dealt with that personally actually so oh. the prep center was advertised at 70 cents per unit it mm-hmm. included label and polybag but they got me on the box fee, pallet fee, receiving. It was three or four things that ended up making it probably like $1.80 to $2 a unit, which for wholesale stuff, the stuff I was sending, way too much. Way too much for what it was. And it was just, the thing is, that's just advertised at 70 cents and you're paying $2. Like the discrepancy there is crazy. That's that's the worst part about it. If it came out to a dollar, like 30% more, 25% more, it is what it is. It doesn't really matter. That's good. But when they double or triple how much you're paying in all hidden fees and you notice that when you get your invoice, it's a, it's a very bad business practice. It's much better to do it how you do it. Just flat fee per unit. And that's it. So the way we invoice that's different is our invoices are one line. You know, if you're doing standard OA, it's one line. You have a price for that. That's all you're paying. There's no extra. The only time there'll be other lines is, for example, bundles or wholesale. So let's say you did a thousand units wholesale and a thousand units OA. Standard OA, standard wholesale. Nothing special, no bundles. Your invoice will literally be two lines. So when we receive all the data at the end of the month, of everything shipped out, we start separating shipments. Okay, this shipment was an OA shipment, a standard OA shipment. This shipment was a wholesale shipment. So we separate everything and we just build based on that off of lines. So that's what everyone really loves about us. And uh, it's very clean. It's it's a lot better than OA standard prep plus 30 cent polybag fee plus 50 cent box fee plus 10 cent tape fee. It's like, it just gets out of hand and ridiculous. And it's really not fair, you know. The whole point of you giving them prices beforehand is because you're supposed to know your business and how much you're going to charge at the end of the month. Not surprise them. And like you said, things happen, you know. Boxes might come destroyed. You can't ship them back in that. Or you need bubble wrap or stuff like that happens. You know, it's very normal. But it shouldn't be double or triple with the base prices. Exactly. I think that's a good spot to wrap up. Uh, follow Danny on his socials. I'm going to have all of them in the description. Link to the prep center. Link to our group. Everything will be down there in description. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really good episode. Got to pick Danny's mind on how the prep business works, pros, cons, literally everything about prep. So really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Thank you. Thank you for having me on.